probably be dead. It's The Stansberry Show, Rock 1069. And welcome to The Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. Online for you guys, WRQK.com. That website's going to be important today because at 7 o'clock, I'm going to give you the first of 12 keywords. They're worth $1,000. We'll rock the bank with you 7 a.m. You'll enter that keyword when you hear it at the website, WRQK.com. We'll do that 7, 8 a.m. as well, then 10 more times throughout the day on Rock 106.9. I didn't write those down. I don't know exactly when they are. I know when Teresa's is. I know when her first one is, 10 a.m. this morning. So there's the first three there. The other nine, you're on your own. <laughs> I honestly, honestly, I should have wrote it down. I didn't, but I can tell you this, 7, 8, and then 10 a.m. I'm in a great mood this morning. Literally just yesterday, I talked about how when you work at a radio station, this is just going to happen, any job really, right? You work in a restaurant, probably sick of the food they sell, right? And you work at a radio station, and sooner or later, it's just like, oh my God, man, like Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers, like I can't take it anymore. But it's amazing how like some days I can come in here and the same kind of song will have me all fired up and ready to go. We played this right before we started. Now, I've loved this song since I was a kid. I have. I I remember getting this tape from, like, Columbia House. and like, dude, finally! Right? And, like, and I, I wore this out. I love this song. I always have. I love it. I mean, how good is that lick? Really good, right? And I don't know what it was, but I woke up, I'm in a good mood, I'm feeling positive today, dude, and I had shot in the dark, I mean, cranked up in here, literally screaming at the top of my lungs every single word. I'm ready to go, I'm fired up. And I think this might be part of the reason why. This didn't hit me last week. It really didn't. It hit me yesterday, I was on the phone with my promotions director. I believe that's his official title now. And... Good guy. We used to work together a lot in the Cleveland building or whatever. And this, I haven't really caught up with him in a while. So, yeah, we started catching up. And he said, oh, by the way, <laughs> I put this in your system for tomorrow. And I said, okay, what are you talking about? He's like, uh, you have Concert for Legends tickets. Oh, nice. August 9th, right? Pro Football Hall of Fame. Here we are, about two miles from it. That makes all sense in the world. Probably should pass those out, right? But it hit me. I was like, oh, my God, dude. I'm back to passing out concert tickets. I don't know what that was. It didn't really hit me with Incarceration Fest. But it hit me. Like, and maybe it's because the show's going to be right here in our backyard. And again, if you haven't heard, it's Brad Paisley and Leonard Skinner. Pretty good, right? August 9th, Pro Football Hall of Fame. We'll get you guys hooked up 7.30 this morning. I actually have some audio from Johnny Van Zant, lead singer of Leonard Skinner, that I can't wait to air you. We'll play you that also and then get you hooked up with those tickets. 1-800-243-7625 is the number you will need. I know people are going to start calling now. We'll pass them out around 7.30 this morning. Got a lot to get to on the program this morning, as a matter of fact. 9 o'clock hour, I read from Rolling Stone the top sitcoms of all time. We know how this works. Somebody writes a list, they make it 95% accurate, and then they throw in just a little, oh, what the hell in there, just to get people, you know, talking about it. So there's some of that, and there's some obvious stuff that they left off. There's some big misses here, and there are a couple of things that are in the top ten. It's like, what? And you and I may have some disagreements on that. Again, you can always call in Studio Reachable 1-800-243-7625. I'm on Instagram for you guys at Dan.Stansberry. The Twitter handle and Facebook pages are both at Stansberry Show. It's where you can grab those. And again, this morning at 8.30, you hear this term all the time. Fake news. Fake news, fake news, fake news. So some of you may not be aware. We have here... In our area, a young man who has started his own news organization. His name is Jordan Miller, and Jordan Miller has his own website, jordanmiller.news. 
He's obviously got socials. We'll give you those. We'll plug those throughout the morning as well. I don't remember <laughs> off the top of my head, but we are going to have him. Uh, we are going to have him on the program at eight thirty. And I'm interested to talk to Jordan. I want to get his opinion on dude. What do you, what do you feel? What goes through your mind or your emotion when you hear fake news? As a journalist, like as somebody who's covering, you know, moments and tragedy probably in our area, what runs through your mind when you post something and then immediately the reaction is, this is fake news? I can't wait to ask him that. I cannot wait to ask him that. So we'll talk to him about that. What are the, you know, the biggest stories he's covered here locally? And uh, just happy to have him on. I, I view he and I a, a, as similar. We're both a, a voice for the community, and I feel like we should probably work more hand-in-hand than be adversarial. We never were or anything, but like, you know what I mean? I don't even think he was aware of me until I called him. But I, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I feel like, you know, we're out there doing the same thing. You know what I mean? At least similarly. And so I kind of want to have him on the program. We'll do that coming up at 8.30. And again, Mother's Day right around the corner. So at 7 o'clock, we're going to try to find out what do moms really want? And I think it's going to be tricky because I personally think it will depend on how old your kids are. So at 7 o'clock, we'll talk about that. And I can't wait to do that because I, 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 I think I'm right on this. Here's what's next on the Stansberry Show. All right. We all have pet peeves. I've got a long list. Only two in five people think my pet peeve is something to be worried about. Three of you are dead ass wrong. Next on the Stansberry Show. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9, online for you guys at WRQK.com and making you $1,000 richer just over a half hour from right now. 7 o'clock, get your first of 12 keywords that change your financial, I want to say future, but probably the financial future of your week, right? I mean, I don't think $1,000 is going to change your life, but change your week. Baby steps is what we'll call that there. When you're way into a thousand bucks, seven o'clock, also seven thirty. Concert for Legends. Yeah, I got the tickets today, tomorrow, Friday. Get you hooked up. Also have a little audio from Leonard Skinner frontman Johnny Van Zant, and uh, we'll air that and then uh, pass those tickets out. Go hand in hand there, just a little bit. Also at eight thirty, Jordan Miller, local journalist here in Stark County, joins the program as well. Talk to Jordan. Can't wait. We all have pet peeves, and I don't really. What I have is actually worse than a list of pet peeves. What I have is literally everything annoys me. And I don't like this about me. I don't. (laughs) This is going to sound harsh, but it is true. I barely enjoy the people I like. Like, sometimes I sit around with people I like, and I think, you're a dick, Dan. Because I sit there and I think, you should like these people more, but you don't. And, and like, you should, like, fantasize about killing these people less, but you don't. And, like, that, that it happens to me all the time. It does. I don't like that about me. I, I really don't. I, I, I'm a personable person. I, I, I want to be personal. And yet, at the same time, I'm like, oh, dude, other people, like, oh, really? <laughs> They're the worst. And I've talked about this with my cell phone. Like, legitimately, I am thinking about changing my cell phone number. Because I just got a little too, will- like, free and willy-nilly with, like, passing my number out. Because people will legitimately ask you for your phone number. And, like, you're in that situation where it's like, oh, God, what do I do? 
Because, like, if you say no, you're, like, a dick, and now I'm in that awkward moment. And so, like, there are people out there who have no business with my phone number who wildly abuse it. And it literally is like, you know what? I might have to get out of this. And a ringing telephone would be on my list, by the way, of, like, noises or a sound that would be a pet peeve of me, of mine. Sorry. I hate the sound of a ringing telephone. I hate it. Makes me absolutely crazy. I constantly just burn it up. I mean, I just, oh my God, it would make me nuts. Make me absolutely nuts, right? I think my biggest pet peeve, and I've always been curious, is this a pet peeve or is this just another thing in a long list of me being an insufferable human that gives absolutely no leeway to other people? I, I, and I do. I, uh, that's a constant evaluation process with me, man, because I am crazy. Like, there is a little bit of me that's like, ah, dude, he's a little nuts, right? And so, like, and it's being late. I hate being late and I hate when people make me wait. I am, and I talk about this, my job brings this to me. I am a very time-rich person. What I mean by that is I have more of my free time than I think the average person does. A, I have banker's hours when when I actually have to be in a building working. I work with my cell phone all day, yes, but the hours that I'm actually required to be in a building is very much banker's hours, right? So then you get out of here, and I got a lot of the time, idle hands, devil's playground, that whole thing, right? And through that, what happens then is you would think the human nature would be when somebody needs to borrow your time then that you would be like, "Ah, I got so much of this, I don't care, I'll give some of it away. That's what I think decent people would do. I'm a homicidal maniac, and so I think to myself, how dare you take this from me, right? Like, it's insane. Like, I am. I'm insane when it comes to that. I don't like my time being wasted. I just went out with a group of friends the other night. I like all these dudes just fine. I don't think about killing any of these dudes. But, but, but I did. I went out with them last week. My buddy was in a band. He's playing, and they were great, right? So we went out. And we're all... Older now, so it's not like we're all meeting up and taking one car. Everybody's Ubering places now, right? And so the texts start flying around. Hey, I'll be there in about an hour. Hey, I'll be there in about... And then I texted. I was like, well, I'm already here. And my buddy Jason said, he's like, Dan, honestly... And he hasn't known me all that long. Under a year. And he has said, he's like, Dan, you might be the most punctual person I've ever met in my life. And I said, oh, not maybe. Like, for sure. My dad... This made my dad crazy. My dad was a minister, all right? The only thing that could ever get my dad to utter the phrase, God damn, was my mother being late. It was it. Like, my dad would literally, underneath the spark, God damn it. And I'd be like, Dad! Because God damn in my father's house was like, I mean, dude, you might as well, you might as well murder somebody in the living room. Like, it was just like, you don't do that, right? I think that's why I get a little too free with it now is because of how restricted I was with it then. Getting sidetracked. But it made my dad crazy, too. And I kind of inherited that from him. Then I went to, like, the broadcasting program, right? And we had this guy. I think his name was Bruce Ryan. No longer with us. Great guy. Great guy. He would pound on the podium when he was, like, telling you how to do this job. And he once said that on time is late. You should be 15 in the radio business. You were to be there 15 minutes early in case there's a problem. So sure enough, I'm three months into my internship. 
Actually, now on, as a hired employee, couldn't tell the, the couldn't tell the, the the broadcasting program that because they swore to people you can't can't get hired until after you graduate, and I broke the mold on that one. Um, but anyway, so there I am, three months in, and I'm 15 minutes early through the door all the time, half hour if not. I wanted to be around it. I was normally really early, and sure enough. Somebody who was considered to be like a really good, like up and comer on the rise was late. And the tragedy happened. A radio tragedy, not a life tragedy, but like, oh God, what are we going to do? And that person wasn't ready to go. They couldn't go on the air. Stansbury's here, just make him do it. Microphone goes in hand. 20 years later, here I am. That person doesn't work in radio anymore. Is that the reason why? It is not. Was it on the list? Did it continually and then missed opportunity turn into this, turn into more like, but you know, resentment and turn into this and turn into that? Absolutely. Only two in five people believe it is that much of a problem to leave people waiting, though. 3,000 U.S. adults were surveyed. Early is on time, they would agree, and I, and I agree. 15 minutes, 20 minutes early is on time. Anything past 13 minutes is late. No, 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 not with me. We are having lunch at 1230. 1231, you are late. Now, am I going to scream at you about that? Probably not. Especially if we're going to have lunch in the middle of a workday, you work someplace. And you probably can't just leave whenever or whatever. So I do have to like, just last week, we're going to meet at Ido at 1230, right? And I was told, yeah, yeah, 12.30. And I said, yeah, but this woman's never been on time a day in her life anywhere. And sure enough, I show up. But again, she was at work. So you can't, like, melt her face off. Like, what are you doing, boo? Like, come on, 12.30, I've been waiting here. No, 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 you can't do that, right? She has a job. Like, right. Now, you start talking about free time later on at night and this and that. It does. It bothers me. It gets on me. I'm very much a time is money kind of person. I am very much don't waste my time. And what it is with me is, is everything does piss me off. Everything, everything pisses me off. People I love, I hate like it, every, I, I wish this wasn't true of me. I really do. I really do. But I'm, you know, I'm a psycho. <laughs> like that's just, just the way it is. Right. And so I, I really view like you're, you're robbing me of something. And what, because everything annoys me, I try not to do the thing that would make me want to kill you. I try not to do it to you. So I don't bother you too much. I don't text you at you know, 11 o'clock at night. I do the amount of times people think it's acceptable to text me at night. It's like, this is 3 a.m. for me. What are you doing? Right? And it's like constantly. But like, again, people don't understand this. But people take their time very seriously. 60% swear that they try to be early, but they can't do it. Yes, you can. This is one of those things. This is why it bothers me, is that this is a skill that's easier to get better at. Is it the easy to get better at is what I mean to say. It's easy to get better at. All you have to do is do it. There's no excuses anymore. You have a cell phone that tells you what time it is. You have a clock radio in your car that tells you what time. I mean, like, seriously, like, how many times? 39% of us feel like it's socially unacceptable to be late. I always tell people, if I'm late, call the cops. Like, something's wrong. Like, it's like, I may be dead in a ditch. Like, late is not a thing for me. Something happened. And I think being punctual is good. Like, again, it's a reliability thing. 
And I and I don't know why I care about this because I never want anybody to have to depend on me ever. The last thing I want to do is help you with anything. I don't want to help you move. I don't want to help you do that. I don't. I, the last thing I ever want to do is help you. Why the hell? So I don't care about the. I don't understand why I care about the reliability factor. All I'm all I'm ever doing is praying nobody ever asks me for help for anything. That's all I ever do. But for some reason, I care. Seven in ten friendships groups. Let me say this better. Seven in ten groups. So seven out of 10 group of friends all admit we have one friend who just cannot get this right. Just can never be on time. Right now you're thinking in your head who it is, right? I know exactly who it is in my life overall. Yeah, I know who this would be in my life overall. She is a great multitasker. She's amazing at it, but time gets away from her a lot. And again, I always have to like, like pause and remind myself, dude, she's out there doing the Lord's work, doing a real job, working 12 hours a day. You literally play in a sandbox and talk about Aaron Rodgers. Like it's a completely different thing. And so like leave some leeway there for an adult having to be an adult. And you know, you're hungry and want to melt somebody's face off because you know, somebody's late to lunch. It is that, that, that is that with me though. I, I don't, enjoy, I don't like it. I've, I've, respect is a very big word with me. Like some people will say this, like you have to respect that person. It's like, no, I don't. Why? <laughs> Why? What, what, what did they do? Who are they? What'd they do? What are the qualifications? No, I don't. The, the list of people I respect is, that's a short list. I like a lot of people. I can enjoy you. I can hang out. Respect is a whole nother echelon. That's a whole nother thing. And I view you being late is disrespectful. Like, I, I really do. Now, that's a high standard. It is. It's a very high standard. But I don't believe that telling people you're going to be somewhere at a certain time and then being there at that time is, well, I don't know. It, that's part of being an adult. And Sperry Show. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, 7.30. Get you hooked up with those Concert for Legends tickets. Brad Paisley, Leonard Skinner, August 9th, Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, yeah, you're going, 7.30. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. You guys have, uh, well, you've made me feel, uh, I, I, I'm back to feeling calm and easy and ready to go. We were talking about people being late. And it does, it bothers me. So much so that I like got a little angry in the conversation just talking about people being late. I don't know what this is. My dad had it, kind of passed it on to me, right? Some things just kind of get handed down to you. And, uh, and my buddy Jay, who I'm in a, who, who I'm in a, a golf league with, and we play, you know, all the time together, a great guy. Uh, he always calls them trunk slammers is what they are. It's like the three of you will be waiting on a tee box, and then the fourth guy who can never get his act together shows up. You can see him in the parking lot literally slamming the trunk, grabbing the bag, and running to the fr- We've all been there 20 minutes, had a dog, had a beer, probably hit a half a bucket, and then ready to go. The guy gets up there, and then it takes him another 20 minutes to get it together. By, and there's four groups waiting behind you now that do trunk slammers in golf. It, it is. It's one of those things. There's, it, it, it's because, dude, four people doing something is difficult. It is. Three is a good number. Right? Because two of you can agree and the other weakling's just going to go along. <laughs> right? You get that fourth person in there now and it's like, ah, how do we do it in time and what do we do? But so many of you wrote in and said, like Lou said, look, man, on time is late. Any adult knows this. Like, come on. Like, most people should know this. Sammy said the same thing. My motto and the motto of the company I work at, early is on time, on time is late. I would agree. 
That's kind of how I've always approached it. I think it's just one of these. All right. You know what it is? This is what it is with me, I believe. If I'm going to self-examine, here it is, why I like to be on time or early. I understand I'm coming with a lot. Not all of it positive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, your boy bringing a lot through that door, and ain't all, it ain't all good, right? There's, there's a lot of like, dude, that guy's kind of nuts, right? So I'm bringing a lot of like, pull your hair out, have to deal with him, kind of do. I bring all that, and I understand that. It is not easy to be involved in my life like that. I, it's not. <laughs> it, like, it's not. I'm a hard person. I'm a difficult person to be around. I just am. And I recognize that. So then when, now some of that stuff's harder for me to do, and I don't feel like doing it for your friendship, right? So, so, so what I will do, though, is things that I consider to be a little easier. And so I'll try to be on time. I'll try not to waste your, and again, things that really make me want to stick pencils in my eyes, I try not to do to the other person. Treat others how you'd like to be treated, essentially. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how that works, right? People blame the traffic most when you're running late. 37% blame the traffic. A morning alarm not going off is the close second there. There's a couple more we'll get to in a second. But the traffic one screwed me once, actually, in this business. So I was working in the Cleveland building, and this was before I moved to the west side. I was still living in Aurora at this point. And I happened to be running late. Again, they preach this in this industry. Don't do that, right? And so I'm like hustling on 480 and I'm trying to get there and you get to the 480-77 merge point and then I got to get to Rockside Road and that's a whole mess of a thing over there too. And so I come bursting through the door and I'm late to a staff meeting. And I then say out loud, sorry, man, 480 was a disaster. And you guys know Mark Munch Bishop, right? Munch ran the promotions department at that point. And I was his assistant. And he paused the meeting to make an example out of me. Put his phone on speakerphone and called the traffic department at WTAM. And said, I have a staff member here telling me that traffic was backed up on 480. And literally six traffic reporters were like, no, nah, we've had no reports of any. <laughs> and that, so I like got caught in this lie of like, and it was, and again, was made to be shown an example to not only to me, but to the rest of that staff. This is where your dedication needs to be. This is where you need to be because that's adult life. Again, uh, people will say unfair, this and that. And I always say, well, that's the thing about being an adult. My dad's famous line, being an adult has got nothing to do with doing what you want. It's got nothing to do with doing what you want. Being an adult is knowing you have the ability to do what you want and then choosing to do what you should do anyway. That's adulthood. And he was right about that. Now, I, I, I rolled the living crap out of that at 16, Shut up, Dad. I got to go get kiss tickets, right? Or whatever the hell it is I was saying. But now at 45, 20 days from now, 45 essentially, let's round up. He was right. He was absolutely right. Again, your alarm clock is the second thing. I used to be the dude. If, my dad wasn't alive when I started doing mornings. If you would have told my father 
that his lazy, fat teenage son now had to be up at 3.30 in the morning to do his job, my dad would tell you there's no way. The amount of times he screamed in his house about his fat, lazy teenagers couldn't get out of bed when they hear an alarm. Like, honestly, I was terrible with an alarm. Terrible with it. But now, once you're an adult, don't you kind of have to get it together? Don't I mean, right? Maybe, again, if I'm late, it's not my boss who knows. You'll know. Right? Like, if the show doesn't start, it's like, uh, where is he? Like, the other day, right? Like, the board didn't work. I was on the air, but I wasn't broadcasting anything because I, well, screwed up and didn't press the right button, didn't play the right thing before I went live. I spent six minutes live on the air, and nobody could hear a damn thing. And sure enough, I went to break, and it was like, what the hell? Where are you, man? Are you all right? They fire you now? What happened? Blah, blah, blah. Like, the whole world knows if I'm late. Not the whole world, but Stark County. Right? So I mean, maybe, maybe that does go into that there. Americans typically feel anxious, 43% of you, when you're running late. Again, then why do it? You're fe- do you realize we're feeling anxious about something we can control? We can do this. Why, why are you allowing that to make you feel anxious? Just literally wake up earlier or leave 10 minutes earlier. Now, I know what guys are thinking. You try getting her to get her makeup on that fast. Believe me, bro, been there. <laughs> I mean, seriously, have been there. Like, I, I get it. Like, that, that's the thing, right? 28% are concerned if it looks like you're going to be late to an event. Well, what's the difference between concerned, annoyed, or, or, I mean, really, at that point, I I don't understand that. Job interviews is the number one thing people stress about being late to. Yeah, and you should, because it will, again, the the only prediction you have for future behavior is past behavior. So if you show up for your job interview late, what do they think they're going to get in an employee? And there's not, that's not really crazy if you think about it. You couldn't be bothered to be at the interview on time. So a year in, what kind, of, what kind of employee are you going to be? Probably one that makes me want to pull my hair out, right? Your opportunity, rock the bank, put $1,000 in your pocket. Also, what do moms really want on Sunday for Mother's Day? Listen to a white straight male tell you what women want. Next on Rock 106.9. 6.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Just rock the bank with you guys, but we do it. 11 more times about one hour from right now. I'll give you the second keyword of the day worth a thousand bucks. WRQK.com is where you enter that. Uh, dude, I love the audience of this program so much. I do. I love you guys. We were talking about people being late all morning and uh, a, a woman who listens every single day in to about all four hours of the program. God bless her. She says to me, she wrote into the Facebook page at Sansbury. She goes, Jesus, this is the first time I've missed the opening of the show in like five years. And I get in my car and I feel like you're personally yelling at me about it. I'm late. I know. I know. (laughs) So funny to me, Kelly. That was not personalized there, but you know, hurry up, get to work. I bet your boss wants to know where you are there, right? Absolutely. We were talking about being late. I just, I'm not a fan of it. I try not to make people wait on me. Um, and, and I don't like waiting on you is essentially that. And uh, 40, I think it was like 60% of people did say that they feel like it is wrong to be late, but they can't help it. And I said, well, yes, you can. Like this is a, this is, it's not a skill. Like all you have to do is just plan better, like just plan better and you'll be on time more. That's literally, that's why I find it annoying. All right. Mother's day is right around the corner. So you know what we're going to do now? We're going to have an old white dude tell you what women want. Right? I bet that'll be good. Right? So let's, let's, let's do that. As Mother's Day is right around the corner. My mother all the way on the other side of the country. So what my mother would want is her son to visit. I have not seen my mother. Let me see now. 
was it 2000 and geez. Well, no, I went back, right? I did. 17? 18? Maybe 18. So you're going on three years. Something like that. That's a long time. My mother will be 75 on the 13th of this month, as a matter of fact. She'll be 75 years old. How many more Mother's Days am I going to be able to be in here talking about how she lives 3,000 miles away from me? I can't imagine that many more. I tell my brother all the time, Dave, prepare yourself, bro. Do you realize she's outlived dad 20 years now? Like, come on now. Like, what do you think this is going to be here? So that's what my mother would want, right? Travel's kind of still difficult these days, and I don't feel like dealing with everything you got to deal with. So I don't know if I'm going. I was going to go for my birthday at the end of May, but I don't know now. I, I just don't know. But if you're looking for the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's time now, they say, to have your kids take a break from the macaroni art. <laughs> they say, you know what, dude, is enough. I'm sure guys are like, yeah, I don't need another tie either, right? Like, there's a little bit of this. The macaroni art is now no longer necessarily needed. The average mom will, in fact, receive 45 pieces of homemade artwork. Now, that's throughout the course of being a mother. You could build your own museum at that point, right? (laughs) Have your own little Susie wing there. Moms who have received homemade gifts from their child find the average, re- again, the, the average respondent said the gifts ranged from like six drawings, four finger paintings, four watercolor paintings crafted by their kids for Mother's Day and other holidays. This, what mothers want for Mother's Day, I would assume, and I'm not really talking about women, I'll talk about people here, right? I don't think that, because again, sometimes I think we, we as a country get a little too hung up on the sexes being this different. And yes, there are major differences in them, but at the end of the day, we are just people, and I think there are a lot of similarities. Allow me to explain. I think when your children are young, yes, what you want is a macaroni piece of art. Look at my kid. They're creative. They're doing this. Oh, you know what I mean? And they're new. It's much like when you have your first kid, you take a thousand photos. By the third, you barely know their name. Right? And there's a little bit of truth in this. When your kids get a little older, you want to see a little bit more thoughtful. Just clean the house. Don't make everything a mess. Don't have me get on you about the fact that your socks stink and laying in the middle of your bedroom. Like, right? And then when you get to be, have adult children, what do you want? You want a phone call. You want a visit. Okay? So allow me to yell at me and through that, yell at you. Call your mother when it's not Mother's Day. Visit your mother when it's not Mother's Day. Just go see her. Just call her. Just to do it. Isn't that what she wants? I'm going to call my mom on Sunday. Of course I will, right? Of course. And when I, and when I hang up the phone, I'm going to think this to myself. My mom is reasonably intelligent. Is she going to hang up that phone and feel like, well, my son did what society told him he had to do to be a good son, checked it off the list, and now he's going to go about his day? And what's really interesting about that examination is this. I know that on Wednesday. I don't, I already don't like how it feels on Wednesday. Am I going to call today? No. Isn't that interesting? It's remarkable how human beings can do that kind of stuff. 
88% of mothers say that they love being able to have a record of their child's artistic ability, though. And again, a little view of it over various ages does make sense for them. Here's your finger painting at two. Here's a little, you know, ice, you know, or, you know, clay sculpture you did in ninth grade, whatever, right? Of course. Four in ten moms, though, agree that their child is no Picasso, meaning, dude, this art ain't great. I like my kid, but come on. One in four moms admit that they would not mind receiving some more professional artwork on the day that celebrates them, meaning take out the wallet book, let's buy her something nice. Although what a young what a young person thinks is nice versus what a woman, like, you know what I mean, like a grown woman thinks is nice, maybe different things there. 76% of moms do frame the artwork they get, though. And display it prominently in the house. Yeah, until your gig reaches a certain age, then it's like right back in the trash bin, right? 67% say they wish they had more family photos to adorn their walls. Yeah, um, again, sometimes I'll say things and I'll be like, dude, learn this from me. Learn this from me. We lost my father young, early. We went and like looked. There were 10 photos, maybe. My mom hated the camera, passed it on to me. I don't like the camera. But it was sad. And especially now, right? Because you take a picture of everything. But then like 90 days from now, your phone tells you, you're using too much of our space. You gave us 1,200 bucks for that machine, but you're using too much of our space. Delete up more of those pictures of the things you love most, those kids. Delete them out. We take more pictures than ever and savor less than ever. Isn't that weird? It's because of how easy a picture is to take. It's because how easy a picture is to throw away, delete, take another one, cue it up again. Because you already paid the 1200 for the device. You don't have to buy the film. You don't have to pay somebody to develop it. We're not being picky about what we're taking pictures of anymore. That's why we don't save anything because we don't have to. Pictures of your family that you can hold, pass down, what are you going to do? Die and give your kid your Instagram login? Is that what we're going to do? I mean, maybe it is. I mean, maybe that is going to be the way of the future. Maybe that is the new photo album is, well, you just leave the login information in your will to your kids of what your Instagram was. Sounds crazy to me, but I've told you, I think in the next five years, you'll barely recognize the world you live in. Moms are amazing, they say, about making sure that their family's biggest moments are captured, meaning moms are the ones that drive the family photo. And again, I believe that to be true. And I think it's why there was a lack of family photos in my life. My mother hates the camera, hates it, doesn't want to be anywhere near a photo, and passed it down to me. My brother's kind of the same way. David, very much. David's the most private person you'll ever meet in your life. David wants you to know nothing about him. Nothing. David's not an onion. He's a, he's a coconut. <laughs> like you're gonna, like literally, that's how gonna be how hard it's gonna be to open that dude. Nearly seven in ten moms said that they would enjoy a personalized Mother's Day's gift this year. What I might do, but this feels very cheap. I just interviewed my mom not that long ago. Like uh, International Women's Day was back in March, and I put my mom on the air. I had her on the air. I might cut that up into a smaller highlight reel package, edit it up nice, 
and then put a personalized rolling bit of audio in before it and send it to her. Because I remember saying to her when I had her on the air, I love the fact that I've done this with you. I wish I had one of these with dad and I don't. And I really liked and enjoyed doing that with her. Um, and so that, like, I may do that. But what she would want more than anything is to see me. And she's been without her sons a lot in her life. Like, my brother has moved around this country his whole life. Like, my brother just cannot stay still. Like, I, I'm surprised he's been in Vegas this long. And once upon a time, my dad every year w- would ask my mom to do the sermon. Sunday morning on Mother's Day at the church. He would, my mom would do it every year. My mom's actually a fantastic public speaker. Both my parents were really good at this. And the one year, he flew my brother in from California. And he didn't tell my mom. I still, I'll never forget this. So she's up, she's at the podium, she's delivering the sermon, and she's knocking it out of the park. I'm in the first pew, because that's where the you know, minister's family sat, right? So I get up, and I start walking out, and I see her face. Like, she's literally looking at me like, what in the, boy, what are you doing to me right now? Why are you upstaging me right now? Like, the attention needs to be where it needs to be right now, right? So I walk out of the back. And she, again, she has no idea David's there. And like three minutes later, we start walking in together down the aisle towards her. And at first she couldn't figure out what was happening because she's speaking. She's trying not to lose her place. She's trying not. And so she, she doesn't, she can't figure out what's happening yet. And then all of a sudden she realizes it's David and I together and she just loses it. And I mean, loses it. And she looks at my father. She goes, how dare you do this to me? And it's one of those things where you can tell she's really happy. But at the same time, she was a little embarrassed. That was my favorite Mother's Day ever. It was just understood. You had to drag my, 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 my heathen brother and me to church. You did. You had to grab us by the ear and, and drag us. But we knew, come hell or high water all year, no matter what happened, Mother's Day, your ass better be washed, dressed, and sitting right there showing your mother that respect now. Because my dad would tell you, I don't care where you boys are. I will hunt you down and smack you if you don't show up and respect your mother now. <laughs> that was my, my dad, I can hear my dad in my head right now. You want to pay me so much respect, boy? You want to get in there? You want to tell everybody how you want to show me respect? Call your mother. That's what I want. That's what he'd be saying right now. Call her today, Daniel. Don't wait till Sunday. Call your mother today. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 830 this morning. We'll talk to local journalist Jordan Miller. I want to get his take on fake news. What he thinks, what runs through his mind when he hears that term. Again, he's a local journalist there. Covers uh, Stark, Tusk, Carroll County, surrounding area. And so I, you know, people kept sending me his links on stuff that he covers. And I was like, all right, well, I don't know much about the guy. So like, I, you know, I read up on him a little and I was like, all right, well, I think the best way to get to know him is to, I don't know, let's call him, put him on the air and let's figure out who he is. Right. So I figured we'll do that about an hour from right now. Made the announcement just the other day that the concert for legends, pro football hall of fame concert for legends now happening August 9th. We know that. Right. And uh, I'm excited about it. I love that time of year. Um, it's all eyes on Canton and we normally put our best foot forward. Um, and people normally leave here going, oh, God, I got to tell you, it's it's better than you think it's going to be. Like, that city's all right, right? Like, because we all kind of do that, right? You hear about some small town somewhere, oh, probably this or this, and probably always looks like that, and however people just kind of slam stuff that they know they're never going to go to. But people normally leave Canton and go, oh, no, I got to tell you, that place is all right, right? And I like that. 
And so the concert for Legends is happening. It's August 9th, and it's Brad Paisley and Leonard Skinner. And I think it's smart. I, I really do. I, I think when you start talking about who they're trying to get, these are wide nets, right? They're absolutely wide nets. And Skinner gets the diehard football fan. And then old Alabama makes your wife want to go. Now, yes, are there diehard female football fans that just want to go? Yes. Are there diehard female Leonard Skinner fans? Yes. Painting with a broad brush in here, you guys know what I'm saying. Right? And so I thought I thought the move was smart. I really did. I thought I was like, this is a pretty good bill. It's a pretty good bill. You could do way worse than Brad Paisley. Old Alabama? Sounds great. Right? Do a little mud on the tires? You could do worse than Brad. Brad's pretty good. I like Brad. And, you know, people ask the question, is is Peyton Manning going to get up there? Because of the commercials? Here's the thing on that. I don't think it's crazy. I don't. As a matter of fact, if you're the insurance company, I forget which one they are. Is it Nationwide? I forget which one it is even. If, if you're Nationwide, I think that is, right? If you're them, isn't that exactly where you want to film the next commercial with those two? That's exactly what I want to do. Uh, guys, we pay both these dudes a lot of money. So you know what we should do? I don't think it's crazy for you to see a little bit of that on that stage. Now, is it totally possible they film that commercial, them walking through the halls, and it's not on the stage during Brad's concert? Yes, but do I believe something will be put on film, Brad Paisley, Peyton Manning, in Canton, for that purpose? Absolutely, because if they don't, wow, what a big swing and a miss. I mean, what a miss. So if I'm them, yes, I would absolutely do that. So yeah, I think you could get that. And then on top of that, dude, like I said, you're getting free bird. Right? And they're good. I've always said that I felt like Skinner was a little overrated. But again, I think people have to understand that I use that term, I believe, accurately. Because I don't mean when I say overrated sucks. Now, that's what the internet thinks. Overrated sucks. That's not what overrated means. Overrated means damn good, just not as good as told. And... They might be every bit as good as we've been told. Truthfully. Because like, the other day I played this, which is probably my favorite. This is probably my favorite Skinner song of all time. It's The Needle and the Spoon off their second album called Second Helping. And it's damn good. And I, was, I played this in the studio to like end the program. And so I turned it all the way up while I was listening to it. And at the end of this song, these guys, I forget their names even. But, dude, the guitar work at the end of this song is really good. Like, these guys could actually really play. So they're they're probably not overrated. But what I will say is, I think the plane going down built into the legacy of Leonard Skinner, right? They never got to that Pearl Jam Vitology stage where it's like, guys, what's going on here? (laughs) Right? Like, they they never got, or it really was Versus, right? Or Yield. Like, they never got to that Yield, like, um, what are we doing here? Like, they never got to that that weird U2 Pearl Jam, you stay too long at the Partyville. They they never got there. Nirvana didn't get there. Like, a lot of those, Janis Joplin never got there. And I think it does build into the legacy. There's the Heath Ledger argument here. Was that movie that good, or did he die as the Joker, so now he's the greatest Joker of all time? Right. There's a little bit of that built in. Now, just the other day, 
Johnny Van Zant, who is the brother of Ronnie Van Zant, who is now the lead singer in Leonard Skinner and has been forever now, right? He apparently does this weekly, I think it's called hashtag look up where he's like praising the Lord on Sundays or whatever. And look, I get it. I mean, I get it. But Johnny Van Zant, I think just on Sunday, put this out in his weekly look up thing he does on social media, which I can't imagine this was the best timing when you start talking about the fact that we just announced a concert with his band coming up soon. Now, yes, we got plenty of time between now and then, but you know how people are going to react. Here's what Johnny Van Zant had to say just this last Sunday. Well, happy Sunday to you. God's day, right? Every day's God's day. Hey, guys. Uh, woo, what a week I've had. What a week our family's had. Well, let me just say that it's been one heck of a week, and we are all on quarantine around here due to me coming down with the virus first, and uh, I spread it to everybody else, and I had no clue I had it. That's the scary thing about this virus. My thing that I would tell anybody is that if you start feeling sick at all, head cold, just weak, nose running, cough just a little bit go get tested because i thought there's no way i could have the coronavirus and uh i had the shots to fight. that's very much a human thing the bad thing can happen but it'll happen to you not me that's very much a human way to go about life Oh, danger's out there, but it'll affect them, not me. Pfizer shots, and I take zinc, I did all that stuff, and I still came down with it. Did he? Wait, hold on. Did he say he took the Pfizer shots? That's what he said. And uh, I had the shots, the Pfizer shots, and I take zinc, I did all that stuff, and I still came down with it. But that just goes to show you how powerful this virus is. So for those of you who think there is no virus, I'm living proof right now talking to you that there is. But uh, God bless you all. I hope your week was good, and I hope the week to come is going to be better for all of us. <laughs> and, uh, hey, wash your hands. Where you- Good advice. Let's, start, let, let's get back to that. feel like we've been a little lax on that one. Let's get them digits washed up. I'm a fan. Your mouth. Mask. Not your mouth. Well, you need that, too. But, uh... If we could save one person, that's worth it, you know. And uh, it's a nasty, nasty virus, and it really, really makes you feel bad. Now, this is what's interesting. It's a really nasty virus, and it makes you feel bad. I'm going to nitpick here. He starts the audio out saying, oh, I had it, and I didn't know I had it. So, Johnny, was it a nasty virus that made you feel bad? Or did you have it and then pass it on to other people because you couldn't tell you had it? Now, there are people, certain people experience one thing, certain people experience another thing. But this does kind of feel like, you know, somebody told me I should go out there and tell my audience to take this more seriously, so let me do it. This does kind of feel like that. I don't know if it is, but it, as first listen, it kind of feels like it. And I can see this thing wants to take us out. Geez, that sounds a little negative. And uh, I can see why people why? have lost their lives. Oh, okay. I was going to say why. So 
I'm here. I know it's all in God's hands. I still believe that. And I know there's that light at the end of the tunnel. And again, for, you know, people like, you know, the God's hands thing. Um, and people will say, well, then, you know, why doesn't God just snap his fingers and make go? Why didn't God just Right? And they think they're so smart. And, they, you know, the anti-gods, we just think we're so smart when we're like, hey, look, God not fixing it by snapping his fingers. And what a man of faith would say is, God sent you the doctor, dummy. Where do you think that guy came from? Yep. That's what they would say. Not necessarily telling you what I'm saying. I'm telling you that's what people of faith would say. God sent you the doctor, dummy. But God bless you. Until next Sunday, stay safe. Always look up. He's there for you. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Yeah, he does a weekly like look up thing, like hashtag look up, show appreciation every Sunday, God's Day. So we'll go out of our way to make it not God's Day, make it Johnny Van Zant's Day, but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and again, that's just me being a little nitpicky. They're going to be great. They have been great every time I've seen them. Even I've seen them with Johnny Van Zant. Honestly, Ronnie died long before I could go to see concerts. I've seen them with Johnny Van Zant ten times. They're great. If you like Leonard Skinner, they're gonna. I'm telling you, I just expect a really good show because that's usually. What they give you. Your tickets go on sale Friday morning, 10 a.m. Profootballhof.com slash tickets. But win your way in now. Caller 25, 1-800-243-7625. I'll send you to the Concert for Legends and more Stansbury Show after Lick It Up next. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Chad Carlisle out of Alliance won his way into the Concert for Legends August 9th. He'll be going. Your tickets go on sale Friday morning, 10 a.m. Profootballhof.com slash tickets. But I can get you hooked up tomorrow and Friday before they go on sale. Got a pair again tomorrow. A pair of Friday. By the way, Wednesday already? Now, I know some of you just heard that one. What do you mean already? This week's been dragging ass, right? Because we all just have different experiences throughout the week. Some weeks drag for me. Some go fast for you. I got to be honest with you. I looked up this morning. I was like, wait, Wednesday? Good Lord. Like I, uh, you know, and I, you know, I'm a little lucky there. Liking your job makes that a little easier occasionally too. We were talking about moms and what they want, and uh, a dude, a very dedicated listener of ours, uh, said, "Dude, I'm taking my mom to see Eric Church this year for Mother's Day. That's cool. That's cool. That will be an experience. Again, you're doing something with your mother." And isn't that what they would really like? Again, photo. They said, you know, get a really nice photo done and send it to mom. I think doing something with mom would be really important. And and that's what they would like. I kind of talked about how, like, you know, I'll feel I'll call her Sunday and I'll feel like ah, I checked it off the list and then kind of move on. And it's like my mom's smart. Like, isn't she gonna know? It's like, well, he did the bare minimum here of being a son, and now we're gonna just go. And you know, my brother and my mom are super tight. They've lived together now. Well, geez, my mom moved out there right after. God, has my mom been in Vegas twenty years now? Oof, maybe. Um, long time. Um. Jesus, dude, time flies, man. That's well weird to me. Anyway, sorry, I, uh, I just got a little caught up in my head there. Um, and so they're super tight. They're thick as thieves, those two, right? And so, like, my brother will take her out to a really nice dinner, and they'll do all that on Sunday. And, you know, it kind of sucks, because they'll all call, or they're FaceTime, and we wish you were here, and, you know, and that whole thing. And I, you know, I thought about visiting, but travel right now is so difficult. Um, and I just don't, I just don't know if I feel like dealing, you know, I, I hate to say it though. I hate to present it that way. Cause that makes it sound like, well, it's not worth it to go see my mom. And it is, but I don't know. It's the time off of work. And what do I do here? And like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Although I've used every excuse in the book not to do it. 
And aren't I going to be sitting here the year after she dies talking about how I should have just went and then, you know, <laughs> boring you to death with how I, how I regret not seeing my mother enough? Like, honestly, like, isn't that what I end up doing? Um, so, yeah, maybe I should just go get that carried away. But, again, moms want uh, just a very, uh, just, you know, uh, something heartfelt is what they said. Um, thoughtful. Again, I don't think most women are possessions-based. Especially the older you get and once you've raised children, right? That you become... So I don't think it's necessarily buyer the most expensive thing. <coughs> Jesus, sorry. I don't know what happened there. <clears throat> I don't think it's necessarily buyer the most expensive thing. Excuse me one second. I just have to drink this. I don't think it's you know going to come down to you know dollar amount on receipt that's going to blow mom away. Um, much like gift giving for your wife. I would imagine it's not necessarily a thousand dollars that's going to blow her away. Did you listen? Was there something throughout the year she kept saying, she kept dropping hints about this? Is because women are like that. They are. They're like that, right? Like it's like just use your words, woman, but they won't, right? Like so, it's like a little bit of like, eh, just pick up the breadcrumbs and figure it out. And I think there's a little bit of that with mom too, where if you're really listening. Throughout the year, she's probably told you what she's struggling with or what she would like to see more, what she would be able to do or this and that. And we as men sometimes just go, uh-huh, 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 and we're thinking about doing whatever, and we're just trying to get our wives to shut up. There's a playoff game on, woman. Or like your mom's on the phone like, Jesus, I don't want to talk to you anymore, right? But if we literally, if we just opened our ears a little bit, they will literally tell us exactly what they're looking for. Turns out most Americans are absolutely paranoid at a certain time of the day. Oh, I can't wait. And a thousand dollar keyword next on the Sansbury Show. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. Just rock the bank with you again. Put a thousand dollars in your pocket. Teresa has the third keyword of the day, 10 a.m. Check her out. Also, have another pair of tickets for you for the concert for Legends. We'll do those tomorrow on the program. Best sitcoms ever coming up, 9 a.m. It's opinion, really. I mean, it's opinion-based when people write these things. It's not like a definitive list, but, you know, we'll weigh in, give you some opinions. Rolling Stone put the list out. And there's always a little built-in, like they make it a little crazy so people will talk about it. You know, you got to always, you got to weigh that in. But, you know, we'll do that coming up at night. All right. um, This last year made a lot of people paranoid. Right? And it turns out most of us are paranoid at the same exact time of day. And if you think really hard, it shouldn't be that difficult to figure out what time of day this is. It's bedtime. Most Americans are paranoid about their home security right before bedtime. Of course. Without even reading the study yesterday, I thought to myself, well, okay, well, let's, let, let's look at it on the surface. Without data, just, so, just on the surface, let's just look at it. You're all the way upstairs in your home. People are going to break in on the first floor, so they already have a little bit of an advantage on you. It's not call of duty. Having the high ground doesn't necessarily matter, right? Like, all of a sudden, you don't know where they are, right? And so they can guess you're in the bedroom. So that alone... You're you're a you're a floor at least away separated from from the intruder, right? That's that's going to be scary, right? You're also in a vulnerable position, depending on what you sleep in. Some of you sleep naked. I don't understand it, but some of you do it after sex, maybe. But after that, other than that, I don't really get it. 
but you're probably in what? Pair underwear, maybe no shirt, this and that. You're barefoot. <laughs> I mean, you, there's a lot going on there. You're in a very vulnerable state in the bed. So I'm not shocked by this. Apparently, half of us, only half of us, will get out of bed when you hear like an unusual noise for your house. Now, when you move into a new place, right, it's always like, geez, what is that? Or God, what is that? And I remember when I first moved into the house I live in now, I think it's just under two years now. God, damn, where does time go, dude? Anyway, um, and I remember it was like the first week. And I was like underneath the blanket and I texted, you know, the girl. And I was like, I'm pretty sure somebody's in my house right now. <laughs> and she's like, are you going to go downstairs and figure it out? And I literally texted back. I was like, no, pretty sure this is how it ends. Like this is, I, I'm very much that way. Like I'll lay in my bed and I'll go, oh, I wonder what that was. And, like, and then I don't know. And then I will never know. When it's time for bed, though, two and three of us, start with the front door, locking doors now talking. Then you'll close all the blinds and curtains. Okay, do you make sure you close and lock all the windows? I hate to admit this because some of you know where I live. Um, No, I'm probably bad about that. There's no hood over top of my my stove in, 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 in my kitchen. Um, I, I chose this rental too fast. If, if, if when I go, every time I come home now, I'm like, why do you live here? You make too much money to live here. What are you doing here? Um, and the, but there's like, there's no hood over that. So like sometimes when I cook, it's like open the windows up, right? Like don't have it smelling like whatever the hell this is. Get it in and out of here, right? And then what will happen though is, is I'll go upstairs and I'll get lazy and I'll go to bed and then the windows are still open. That I, I do that a lot. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm bad about this kind of stuff. I shouldn't admit this either, but like I'll wake up sometimes and I wake up really early in the morning, obviously, right? To come to work and I'll go downstairs and I'll look at the door I walk out of and I'm like, oh man, I left that unlocked all night and we shouldn't do this. There was just a story. I think this last week out of Hartville, uh, maybe some of you guys may have missed this. A guy broke into this dude's house and I think he stole, like he, 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 from the story I read, he had gotten the motorcycle out of the garage of the house and into the street, but couldn't get it to start. So he went back into the house, woke the dude up, and then tried to make him start the motorcycle. When, it, when he wouldn't do it, the guy shot him. That's terrifying. Hartville, dog. Like, what? I mean, crime's getting bad everywhere. I mean, when I was growing I mean, I remember when my aunt moved to Hartville. That's literally why she moved there. It's because it's God's country and nobody cares and anything and things don't happen like this here. They do now. <laughs> I mean, the world's getting crazy, dude. I shouldn't laugh. I'm not laughing at that. I'm not. That's a horrific story. I read that the other day and honestly, I didn't do it. I had it prepped and I was like, nah, I'm not doing it. I was like, it's negative. I don't want, I don't want to get in the muck of this, right? But as we're talking home security and I'm talking about how occasionally I can be stupid. And forget to lock a door. It happens to me all the time. I'm better about my car doors. Like, if I stop and get gas, I don't care where I am. I could be in Beverly Hills. I'm locking those doors. I, I don't know what that is. Like, you know, you'll see that meme all the time. You know, you need a Kevlar vest, you know, to, to get gas on 12th and Market. It's like, bro, I won't even stop at traffic lights at 12th and Market. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I mean, dude, you, dude go, to the, go to the next block to get your wraps, homie. What are you doing over there? 12th and Market ain't no good. You better speed right by that gas station. You're nuts. I don't understand people going there. That one's crazy. But again, 
28% of us will turn the outdoor lights on and then another 21% check that the garage door is secure. The amount of times I have to circle the block after leaving for work in the morning to be like, did I shut the garage door after I pulled out of it? All the time. I have to do that all the time. I'm bad about that kind of stuff. I'm also a leave a light on kind of guy. I live alone. I don't really draw a lot from my utilities. Like, all right. As a matter of fact, I paid my utility bill yesterday. I was a month behind on it because I just got lazy and didn't do it. It was 96 bucks for two months worth of utilities at my place. I don't, I mean, I'm alone in there and I don't own anything. Nothing's plugged in. And so it's like, and so literally I could let the lights burn. And it won't, ma- and it doesn't matter financially. So, like, occasionally there, I'll get a little guilty with that. And I do believe I keep the, the, the light on. All right. My house has a front door and then has a side door, like right where the driveway is. When you live in that house, that's what you use. You don't use the front door. That looks insane, right? And so you, you use the side door there, and there is a light over that. And there's something about that where I'm like, turn that light on. And now all of a sudden, I feel like, nope. It's too bright. Criminals don't want to be seen. I'm going to be fine, right? Which is, of course, insane. Like, that's that, that, that will protect you not at all. I know what's going to happen now. I'm going to go to break, and people are going to tell me, oh, get one of these ring things or get one of these. I, dude, all those things worry me. I don't, you know, they have that neighborhood link up now where they essentially link all of your systems together. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Now your camera's pointed at my house, and then, I don't like it. I don't. I don't want it. I know people who have those cameras inside their house. Exactly what I need. You know what I need? I need the seventeen-year-old down the block to be able to hack in and watch my wife get dressed every morning. That that that's what I need. I need the pervert with better access to my wife's nude body. What? <laughs> like that makes no sense to me. I'm sorry. I don't care. I have all the protection I need. 15 bullets go right there. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. What I have to do right now is important, and I don't think this happens enough all over the place. So apparently the story I read about that issue in Hartville where the guy got shot the other night was completely inaccurate. A story I read on that was inaccurate. Nick had been listening and said, "Uh, I just went to Hartville Police. I have this. I think you should see this. Okay? So I'm going to read it verbatim, right? So it was last night at about 2 a.m., the victim told our officers that he left his doors unlocked. We were talking about home security. That's why we, that's why we brought this story up. He says, this is, uh, he said, uh, well, I left my door unlocked. This is Hartville. Nothing happens in Hartville. He was talking to the officer because a man had just entered his home through his unlocked door after he had first tried to steal his truck unsuccessfully, but he punched out the ignition and damaged the truck. Then he tried to steal his Harley. He pushed the motorcycle from the garage onto the street, but he was unable to start it, so he went back into the garage and entered the house through an unlocked garage. He found the sleeping owner and forced him outside at gunpoint, and when the owner didn't immediately start the Harley as directed, the burglar tried to shoot him. Thankfully, that gun the burglar had was also stolen and was not loaded, or the story would have taken a devastating turn right there. The man got away and is still out there, and again, this was posted May 3rd. He is dangerous. 
He is out late at night, and he will break into occupied homes in and around Hartville. And now he actually may be armed. Please lock your cars and your homes. This is Hartville, and it does happen here. We will get this guy, but we are worried that there could be more victims before we have compiled enough evidence to convict him and send him to prison. Please be smart. Lock down your home and property. Call the police for anything suspicious. Please be careful. God bless. That's the Hartville Police Department. And uh, and again, so again, a story I read about that had um, had some inaccurate stuff inside of it, and that's very tough. That's a very hard thing these days. Fake news is all over the place, and it's one of the reasons, by the way, I wanted to sit down with a local journalist. Joining the program now is Jordan Miller from JordanMiller.News. He has his own website, a couple of social media accounts as well. Jordan Miller covering our county and area. And I'm just kind of curious about what your background is, Jordan. What got you into journalism? What were your first couple of uh, you know ventures into jobs? I spent some time in Cleveland at WKYC. I spent some time in Steubenville at uh, WTOV9. Okay. So I was blessed at a very early age, um, and I did some on-air work. Um, I did a lot of behind-the-scenes things, uh, and I got into it to do sports. Okay. But I just caught this. I just caught this news bug, and um, I was in a motorcycle accident back in 2019. By the end of my uh, recovery, I wasn't exactly ready to uh, go back mentally and physically yet, and. I just hit a wave where I was able to start this out on my own. I think um, it, I think it's a very interesting thing. Um and, and I'm curious to get your opinion. And those of you just joining us, I'm talking to Jordan Miller, who does have his own uh, website here, his own news organization, essentially, covering your website uh, claims Stark, Carroll, Tusk County, I'm sure the rest of it as well. JordanMiller.news. I'm curious to hear your first reaction. What's your first thought when I say the term Fake news. What runs through your mind, Jordan? You know, I can see when people uh, say fake news. I'm called fake news on a daily basis. Yeah, but is that Um, because people disagree with what you've said or because you got something wrong? I find that happens a lot when people disagree, not necessarily that the information is wrong. Is that what happens to you, you believe? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Most of the time, I would say 100% of the time, it's because they don't agree with the facts that have been presented. And at that point, if you don't agree with it, then that's just your opinion. But a lot of people, they, if they don't like what they hear, factual or not, it's fake news. Right. So I'm curious then, what I do is opinion-based. Right. So I start out going, well, here's what happened. And then I get into opinion. That's my job. Right. I am an opinion host. You are not. So is that difficult as a journalist to kind of keep yourself? My job is to put myself in the story, make it relatable. Your job is to take yourself completely out of it. And that would be harder for me. Do do you find yourself struggling with that in certain stories? Because we all have things we care about more than other stories. Right. Oh, for sure. I mean, that is one of the hardest things. And I'm young. You know, I just turned 25 today, and I can't, um, I'm blessed, but I've caught myself before. You know, my followers, they hold me accountable. My former colleagues and my friends, they've held me accountable before. But it's those learning instances that have made me a better journalist. Because there have been times when, in a roundabout way, I, in a way, have... uh, said maybe made a sly remark 
um, that I didn't think was anything, but I have to remember that I'm in a position now where I can't really make some of the remarks that I've made. Yeah, you don't have that luxury that I have. I will. You're right about that. You, that will not be extended to you. It won't. You're right. It's yes, a, that 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 is tough. So, the accusation from people who follow news or maybe even radio stations, TV stations, you know what I'm driving at here is you're controlled by the man, right? You're controlled by the man. Now, you having your own website, JordanMiller.News, and again, that's where people can grab that, and you having that. Who do you like? How how are you funded? Because this looks like a pretty well run organization. Like, are, do you have outside salespeople who work for your organization that's pulling advertising in? How are you funded? No, I actually don't have any salespeople. Um, my funding comes from my generous sponsors. I sell spots right there on my website, and that all allows me to operate by myself uh, to do this. I have. Uh, my producer, who I work with, who, um, you know, I give a share of my profit. Uh, he does a great job. He does great video work. But other than that, that's it. You know, I've made all of these sales and these contacts myself. I do have a phone call scheduled for later today, actually, with a um, lady who is in sales, and I'm looking to uh, try to bring her on board or something uh, because it is overwhelming running this business. Oh, it cannot be easy. Yeah. It cannot be easy. Yeah. What? All right, so let me ask you. Again, we're talking to Jordan Miller, local journalist here in Canton. By the way, you use the word journalist. And so do you mind if I ask, where did you get your journalism degree? I actually did not get a journalism degree. Okay. Um, I am. Um, I call myself very fortunate to um, be where I am in my career. But I also worked with great mentors. You know, if you're from the Cleveland area or Northeast Ohio in itself, you know Leon Bitt. I do. Uh, you know, Leon was a great mentor to me. Russ Mitchell, he was great during my time at Channel 3. I have a lot of friends who have succeeded in the business, and I use my time in TV as a glorified internship that I was paid, and I was very fortunate to be paid and essentially be receiving education along the way. Yeah, I look, I, I'm not going to get on you for that. I, I don't have a journalism degree either. Um, I, I literally just showed up on the, on the doorstep of a radio station. They said, you're an opinionated and talented guy. Go on the radio, right? And so like, um, I, I think that's possible in, in a lot of other fields as well. Again, we're talking to Jordan Miller, who has started his own news organization here, jordanmiller.news. Give out your Facebook page one more time for people so they can find you on there, too. You can find me on Facebook at Jordan Miller Dash News and over on Twitter at J underscore Miller TV. There you go. And so let me ask you, have you as you've been doing this for a few years, Jordan, what's the biggest story you feel as if you've covered here in our area? That's a great question. I've covered a lot. You know, I like to say that I've seen more in a week than some people will see in a lifetime. That's probably true. Uh, one, of the biggest, one of the biggest stories um, that I've ever covered um, one of my friends, uh, or yeah, one of my friend's cousins uh, was 14 years old, and he um, ended up being found dead on a farm. Oh, and I'm so sorry to hear that. Thing in Carroll County, um, and unfortunately, that um, I, I was still fairly early in my career um, at that time. Um, but most recently, the Bob Evans shooting um, has been fairly fairly big. Um, you know, it has captured the area as well. 
Yeah, um, that was a, as a matter of fact, Jordan, one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you is you were where I heard about that first. Um, I follow all the news organizations, obviously, with my job here at Rock 106.9. You kind of have to. But you really, I was live on the air. I saw it from you first, and I got to be honest. I said, man, I've seen this guy out here a little bit, but I don't know a lot, and I didn't want to run with it until I found out a little bit more about you. And so I started reaching out to people here in the community who do know you, and I said, man, I don't really want to lean on this here unless I know. And people said, no, 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 dude, that guy's all right. You're going to be all right. And I said, okay, well, then let me just get him on the air. Let me just talk to him and, and find out what you're like. I mean, again, we both do a very similar thing. We should be friends here, right? I mean, we could definitely lean, we could, we could definitely lean on each other for you know uh, as our careers continue to go in the same direction for, for for what it is we're doing but you're right that bob evans shooting story i mean it did it it caused everybody here to pause um you know what let's let me shift a little bit as we're talking to jordan miller can you give me a positive what's the best positive story you've ever covered here jordan recently i was in wayne county there was a want to say the uh the kid was nine he was very active athlete baseball wrestler and he was diagnosed with brain cancer. Oh. And it was, I believe it was a very rare brain cancer. I can't remember the exact time. But his mom reaches out to me and she says, Hey, you know, my son, he's not letting this bring him down, but he wants to raise enough money or hats to give to other children who have lost their hair due to their treatments of cancer. And I do this story, and within the first day, they had almost, you know, 500 hats from the story airing on my platforms and my website, and that is just rewarding in itself. Yeah, it would be. For sure it would be. Yeah. I can absolutely. I can see that, yeah. Recently, um, that Kevon Wright from the Canton City Schools, he just published his first book at 17 years old. And to do that and use my platform to help elevate some of the sales in his books, you know, knowing he reached out. He's like, man, he said, I sold 150 books that first day after our interview aired. That's and the man. That, like, to no, move that, books like that, that's, that's big. I yeah. I, um, as I'm talking to Jordan Miller, if you're just joining us, Jordan Miller is a local journalist here. You can find his website, jordanmiller.news. I would be remiss without asking you, as it's right around the corner. How do you feel? What do you think about the Hall of Fame Village Project? What's your take on that? You know, I covered the Village Project a lot during my time at uh, WKYC. Yeah, but imagine, I was sure. there. Um, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> you know, from a lot of the people that I spoke with, when it was first announced, we were told that the Village Project is going to essentially be like the Disney world of the NFL. Yeah, that's their goal, sure. So I'm looking forward to it. I think Canton, unfortunately, lately especially, has not had the best rep. And I think having something like that that people can really look forward to, having something for people to do, I'm not sure if they're going to do season passes or how they're going to do it, but I think that that is something that is going to be good and very beneficial for the area. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, um, you know, I'm not originally from Canton. I'm from the Twinsburg area. I spent most of my career in Cleveland, been down here about seven years. Well, a month from now, it'll be seven years I've been here at Rock 106.9. And uh, this is not my home. And when I hear people trash Canton, it bothers me. 
And I think you're right that I think projects like that will help quiet some of the naysayers about this area right on down. I got one more question for you. And again, if you're just joining us, this is Jordan Miller on the air with us now. JordanMiller.news is his official website where you can grab it. Local journalists here. Are you, I have to imagine, as a journalist, are you ready for the COVID story to be over? Like, how many more stories can you possibly do on COVID, right? Like, you got to be ready just to put it to bed. I've been ready for the COVID thing to end since it began. Last year? But everybody everybody believes because I'm a journalist that, oh, I just want this story to keep going. Oh, good for hits, good for views. Okay, I see it, yeah. Yeah, not you know I have to disagree with that um, because yeah it's a story it is uh, in a way a headline grabber you know people are going to navigate to it but you know I've lost two uncles from it I, I know people who have lost their friends and family from it and I'm just I'm ready for it to be over Put it I got up. my second vaccination today oh, I'm good for you I'm hoping I thought by June first we would be masked free and truthfully i'm still hoping that that's the case i'm sorry june 1st is that what you said june 1st trust me (laughs) yeah i um i think we're headed in that direction i i I don't know if we're going to be there as fast as as you're hopeful on but but i do believe we are headed in that direction jordan thank you so much for spending some time with me this morning again people can find your website jordanmiller.news go ahead and give out your socials yet again you can find me on Facebook at Jordan Miller Dash News and over on Twitter and Instagram both at J underscore Miller TV. Thank you so much, Jordan Miller. Again, JordanMiller.news, and we'll talk to you again very soon, my man. 106.9. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9 online for you, WRQK.com. One more time, I want to thank Jordan Miller, local journalist, spent some minutes with us this morning. I appreciate that. Got his opinion on fake news, what the biggest story he may have ever covered here locally was. If you missed that interview, it'll be in the podcast a little later this morning, WRQK.com. And again, when you hear that keyword at 10 a.m., that's where you enter at WRQK.com. We put $1,000 in your pocket when you hear it. We do it 12 times a day. On Rock 106.9, get your third at 10 a.m. with Teresa. Brad up early listening this morning. says Stansbury, it's the middle of the week. It's hump day. That's the second person who said hump day to me today. That's weird. Uh, but he said, dude, it's, it, it, it's hump day. It's the middle of the week. He's like, a little gloomy out there, homie. He's like, is there any way, any way whatsoever we could get some rubber chicken? And I said, oh, you guys want the chicken? Oh, I'll give me some chicken. You guys want some chicken, huh? Here comes the chicken. For those of you that maybe have never heard this, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? It'll be obvious here in a second. Got everybody a masculine head banging right now, I'm sure. Go Tigers, right? <laughs> Dude, I love it every time. So stupid and so good. Oh my god. (laughs) 
A guy literally just took a rubber chicken and did this. Now, if one's good, two's probably better, right? Oh, yeah. Get the chimican. I forgot about this one. Slow down. Oh my god. They pay me for this, dude. the best one ever though is the first one I heard. I don't know if this is the first one the guy did. This is the first one I heard and I thought it was awesome. I mean, he nails it with this one. It's so good. I want this honestly, dude, I want this to be my orgasm sound. I'm almost there. Keep going. I bet that's the last time that woman sleeps with you, right? Actually, I did know this woman once. This is a little interesting. I guess I hope it's interesting. A little side story here. I once knew a woman. Still know her, as a matter of fact. Um, we were bartender friends, and she told me she had, had, uh, she had uh, this guy she used to sleep with that he used to howl like a wolf. As soon as, like, that's how she knew. Like, he, he, he was right there. I said, you slept with that guy more than once? She goes, yeah, that last five minutes was really annoying. She goes, but the first 45 minutes of them were great. And I was like, all right, yeah, I guess I can see it. Dude just out there banging like Teen Wolf. It's weird. I love it so much, dude. I got to tell you, one of the reasons why I find this to be as funny as I do is when I was doing afternoons, I worked with another host who was very talented himself. And we used to make fun of the mascot of that radio station because it's a buzzard, right? And we used to just kind of mock it. And he used to call it all the time, the thunder chicken. (laughs) That was his favorite thing. Like he would be like, ACDC, I'm the thunder chicken. And like it made our boss like, so crazy but every time i hear this now i just think thunder chicken and ridiculous logo and it makes me laugh i'm the thunder chicken i love it i don't know why he called it thunder chicken but it's funny Oh, Brad, thank you so much for writing in at Sansbury Show on Facebook, buddy. I had forgotten about those, and much like yourself, I just needed it. Best sitcoms ever. Rolling Stone thinks they figured it out. They didn't. Next on The Stansbury Show. The Stansbury Show. Socially distancing before socially distancing was cool. Ah, gross. Ew. Hey, where'd everybody go? Rock 106. Nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069 online for you guys, WRQK.com. I hope that some of you did like that rubber chicken thing because one guy's really pissed about it. No, he's so much of a wuss. Oh no, I gotta leave. This sucks. I'm leaving. Why do people do this? 
myself included. Like, you'll see people say this, I'm taking a break from Twitter. Why do we do that? Who cares? Twitter's going to go on without you. Twitter will go on without me. Why do we announce we're taking breaks from stuff? And it's the same theory when people write in here and tell me, that. oh, I'm leaving. Okay, go. This is what you got to understand. I want you all to stay. And I want you all to stay forever. But I realize that didn't happen for Howard, and it damn sure ain't happening for me. There's literally nothing you can do that makes everybody go, yep, stay implanted right here. So you do what you think is best. I don't understand this. Oh, this makes us leave. Okay, then, then just go. Meanwhile, dude, this guy writes in four times a week minimum to tell me how much he hates me. Yet, here every morning. Which, if you're me, and this might sound harsh, but I think it is true. I'm either really, really good at this, or that guy's really that stupid. Because why, why do you keep coming back to something you know you don't like? Is it because your life's empty and you need this beef with me to add excitement to your non-existent life? Is that what it is? I mean, maybe it's not that. But that's what I'm going to think it is. Especially when you're just like, you suck, and then like, leave. Then just go. I know you're coming and going. I know you guys like other stuff. You think when I sit at home with the TV remote in my hand, I just sit there planted with one thing? Nah, I go around like you do. That's how it works. That's literally how it works. That guy, dude, I don't get it. He hates me and yet is here every single day. Every day. I think that means I'm good at it, but maybe that's just me. All right, Rolling Stone put out a list. All right, and I have to admit this to you. This is true of even me. When we do like a ranker, you get it about 95% of the way right. And then you throw just a little bit of, oh, what the hell in it, <laughs> right? To make people go, oh, what are you, nuts, right? And I think this is what Rolling Stones kind of do with the be- what they've done with the best sitcoms of all time. They listed 100. I'm not going to sit here and go through all 100. I, I just think that's a little too uh, you know, extensive for what it is my job is. I will make the link available at the Facebook page at Sansbury Show here momentarily. I will do that. So I wanted to start, what's a good round number? 25, right? That's a good round number. Good round number. Atlanta on FX is listed by Rolling Stone as the 25th best comedy. Is this all time? It just says best TV sitcoms. I'm guessing all time here because Barney Miller's on the list in the 40s. and So I'm guessing all, all time. Atlanta on FX. I like Atlanta. I think that show's good. I would not list it as a comedy. It's funny occasionally. And they get into some stuff that would be funny. But this is a little nitpicky here. But is it more a dramedy? Is that what this is? And and I kind of feel like that may be what that is. I think Atlanta's a good show. It would not crack the top 25 best of anything for me, though. Um, and, and I feel like this, you know what that is? That's Rolling Stone trying to be too cool. That's Rolling Stone going, look, man, we're in the know. We, we know what's hip. We know what's cool. Now, coming in at number 24, Donald Glover cracks the list back to back here. Number 24 was NBC's Community. I came to this show really, really late. Okay. And the reason why is I hate Joel McHale. I find him to be insufferable. On the soup back in the day on E, all right, fine, maybe a little bit of that. But like the Tiger King thing he did, he was obnoxious. I just think he's kind of a douche. But in community, 
that doucheness worked. It did. It's like that character needed that. And Donald Glover's character, Troy, was amazing. Abed is a great TV character. Community is really good. I think underrated, but 24 feels like we're being a little too nice to it. Number 23 is where a bunch of you are going to lose your minds. Because so many of you would tell me this is the best sitcom of all time. I've heard people say it. People make this argument. Number 23 is the U.S. version of The Office. It didn't even crack the top 10. It didn't crack the top 15. I think this is appropriately placed. I do. I remember when The Office broke, we interviewed B.J. Novak, who's no longer... I mean, he, he exited that thing pretty early, I think. And we said, we're like, dude, did you have any idea that this was going to be what it was? And he said, God, no. When he's like, the scripts came and there was barely anything written. We're given so much freeway to leeway rather to just kind of move along and kind of do what we want. We honestly thought this thing was going to flop on its head. And I was like, well, yeah, because when you first start watching it, it's like, who thought this was a good idea? Now, Ricky Gervais is great. That's who started it over in the UK. He's great. But now you, what you got to remember is, and Tina Fey said this about Ricky Gervais. His genius is this. He does everything on the BBC over there. He never makes more than six of anything. It always comes out looking like he's a genius. Everybody claps when he goes. She goes, over here in America, we got to make 22 of these. You know, and, and I think that did kind of happen to The Office where it's like, dude, going back to that well that many times is what kind of left me a little flat on the show. I don't hate it, I don't, but I don't consider The Office to be an all-time great. It was, in, it was great for its moment. I don't think it's an all-time great. South Park, number 22. I feel like this is a little underrated here. Now, I stopped watching South Park as a weekly viewer. Wait till you see how long ago this was. After the theatrical release of the movie. After Team America and after the South Park movie, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm kind of done here. But I would have to admit to you when I have gone back to watch special episodes or, hey, man, you should probably watch this and this. It still holds pretty good. Those guys have found a way to mess with literally everybody on the face of the planet and still find a way to reach a wide mass audience. These days, that's to be commended. I think South Park a little lowly rated there at 22. Now, BBC's got a show coming in at 21, Fleabag. I, like you, listen to other people who do shows like this. Dan Patrick is a guy I really enjoy. He was all about Fleabag for like a month. He couldn't shut up about it. His wife was watching it. He was watching it. I was like, all right, I kind of want to see Fleabag. And then I never ended up watching it. So I can't really give you an opinion there. Um, but he said he loved it. And so, and I normally trust his opinion on some things, although musically Dan Patrick can get a little crazy. Bojack Horseman came in at number 20. Rolling Stone, best TV sitcoms, and again, all time. I tried this. I really did. I turned it on Netflix. That's who carries it. It's about a talking horse who's an actor or whatever the hell's going on in this show. And I got to be honest with you. I didn't get it. I just didn't understand it. Maybe I got to go back and give it another shot. I kind of hear this about Letter Kenny and some other shows. Where I'm like, dude, I don't really get it, and like, I don't, I, 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 I don't see this right. Um, and, and and so I just didn't get BoJack Horseman. Maybe I got to go back and give it another shot. But 20 feels wildly overrated for best sitcoms ever. Run down the top 20. Rolling Stone best sitcoms ever. We'll continue next on the Sansbury Show. 
Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9 online for you, WRQK.com. Give me a little all in the family there theme song as we're talking about Rolling Stone's got a new list out. They claim the definitive top 100 sitcoms all time. I wonder if we are going to see all in the family coming up in the top 20. Again, 20 was BoJack Horseman covered from 25 to 20 in the previous segment. I have made the complete list of 100 available at the show's Facebook page at Sansbury Show. That's where you can go. Check that out. Tell me how much I suck. Do whatever you want there, apparently. And, and it's all fine. It, it is fine. You can write in here and tell me how much I suck all, the, all you want. Get it off your chest. I'm happy to take it. Um, and so looking at the rest of this list here, coming in at 19, best sitcoms ever, according to Rolling Stone, 19, Roseanne. I think too low here. I, I, I think I, I think a little low here. Um, I, I think people forget how different that show was when it came out. Um, it, it's hard. It, it's easy to forget these things now because of how different the landscape of television is. But Roseanne was one of the first times where we stripped that that polyester, clean, pristine thing off and showed America the wound. And showed America the gritty. I've always said about Canton, it feels like a big episode of Roseanne to me. And I mean that in the most affectionately way possible. Because Roseanne was kind of great like that. It was. It was like, this is, this is America. This is America. Roseanne was America. I feel like that's a little low 19 all time. I think she doesn't get enough credit anymore. And some of her, you know, ramblings later in life probably led to some of that. Number 18 on the list, best sitcoms ever, 30 Rock. Now, I absolutely love it. I think it's undersold in most conversations. 18 may be a little high here. I think the first season of 30 Rock is laugh out loud funny. Tina Fey's writing is fantastic. You can tell she's energized, ready to go, looking to write for Tracy Morgan some more after their run on SNL together. And you could tell. She was like, I'm not done playing with Tracy. And she writes him so very well. And Tracy, I love this story. Tracy Morgan once got asked, about the cast members at SNL, and he said, look, nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody wanted to write for me. Nobody wanted anything. And they said, who is Tina Fey? And his answer was so simple and so great. And I would love for people who I've worked with creatively to say this about me. He simply just looked at the camera and said, she's my friend. And I think that's a huge compliment of people who are working creatively together. Is like, he understood. She likes me. She understands my value. She wants to add me into these things. A lot of the SNL cast members weren't all about Tracy Morgan in the beginning. She's what sold him to the rest of that staff. Number 17, best sitcoms all time, according to Rolling Stone, Taxi. Again, I think it was great. You may lose it now. A lot of younger people are going to be like, what? Uh, um, But like that show was really, really good. Andy Kaufman was fantastic in that. Um, it, it, it was, that's a really, that was a well done program for its time. It may look dated and feel dated looking back on it now, but in its moment, it was great. 16, the Cosby show. Again, I think a little low here. I think very low here. Very easy to forget this now. NBC ran around Bill Cosby. It just did for a while. Then handed off to Jerry Seinfeld later. I'm sure we're still getting there in this list. Now, Bill and his problems 
and by problems I mean rapes, let's call them what they are, rapes, um, may be affecting the ranking of this program, right? I'm willing to bet if I read their description in here, they're going to say, well, you know, we have to add the context of this, and my guess is his transgressions, again, rapes, um, have probably listed this show or probably have pushed back the popularity and the fondness at which we look back on it, right? Number 15, best sitcoms ever, Arrested Development. Okay, very good, a little underrated. That feels a little high for me. 14's Andy Griffith, again, dated, but good. 13, Frasier, I loved it. I was surprised it was as popular as it was, although I think Frasier was the first Big Bang Theory. And here's what I mean by that. When the Big Bang Theory came out, I watched the first episode. I was living with somebody at the time, just a, you know, just a roommate. And I looked at my roommate and I said, oh, this show's going to be the number one show in America. And that person thought I was crazy. I said, no, no, no. I said, do you hear these jokes? I was like, they're, these jokes are going to convince people watching that if they understand them, that they're smart. And it's going to convince people who aren't really all that smart that they're smarter than they think they are. And Frasier, I think, was the first one to do that, too. Where Frazier felt like, okay, you did have to be a little well-read to get some of the jokes. And some of the stuff probably went over your head and over my head and over that. But there was plenty of it still where it's like, if you got it, you felt like, oh, I'm in the know, I'm smart. Number 12 was Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb's great. I don't enjoy it the way everybody else does. But it's not because I don't think it's good. It's just something, it's like, eh, not necessarily my thing. Dick Van Dyke, number 11. Number 10 I was surprised on. I think it's an all-time great show. I think it was legendary. I think it was visionary, as a matter of fact. And it has changed television forever. By the way, without this show, you don't get The Office. The Larry Sanders Show from HBO. He was the one that broke that fourth wall. That was considered to be crazy in television. The fourth wall, by the way, for those of you unaware, is talking straight to the camera and letting you know, yes, there's a TV audience watching this. Larry Sanders kicked all that off. That dude, that's so popular in the 80s now. Parks and Rec ended up doing it, and then yeah, obviously the office and community, all these shows, they kind of like nod, nod, wink, wink at the camera. Larry Sanders is what did all of that. That show, I think sometimes Gary Shandling doesn't get enough credit anymore these days. I absolutely think that's right. And then number nine, Parks and Rec. I find this interesting. Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec, rather, sorry, ranks higher than the office. It should. It's better. I know I'm in the minority there. I know it. It's better. I think the actors in it are better. I think the writing was better. And it's also not about the dysfunction of idiot middle managers, which we all have. So, yes, that's relatable. Maybe kind of want to see it. But at the same time, could I not make the argument you just dealt with your Michael Scott all day? So dealing with another, right? Like, could I maybe not make that argument? I I absolutely think Parks and Rec is better than The Office. Honeymooners came in at number eight. Again, legendary. I'm surprised we're not canceling now. To the moon, Alice! I mean, he literally threatened to punch her every episode. Every last episode, he threatened to punch her. So, I mean, again, uh, Family Guy got into that, and they actually did have him punch her a couple of times. Number seven, and I couldn't wait to talk about this. Best sitcoms ever, Mary Tyler Moore. And I touched on this a little bit yesterday with Betty White. People out there now talking about how they're the trailblazers and women never got any respect and we're trailblazers. No. And I said, you're pissing on the legacy of the women that came before you. That's what you're doing. You're literally climbing on shoulders telling people you're 10 feet tall. 
Betty White went to war with her network in the 1950s to keep an African-American man on her sketch show. Went to war with the old boys club in the 1950s and won. That's a trailblazer, baby. You're standing on shoulders telling everybody you're 10 feet tall. It's a different thing. And Mary Tyler Moore's a little bit of a trailblazer. She showed you a show about a working woman, single, doesn't necessarily need the man to validate her. It was women's empowerment. It was all this. It was all the things in the right way, done the right way. And the sexist idiots at the office were the butt of the joke, which is why they could say the jokes, because they ended up making fun of the men who said them afterwards. You lose the context of that in writing today because people are like, no, you shouldn't say it at all because then people aren't smart enough and then they think they can say it's like, well, I'm not slowing down the class for the idiot. I'm going to, we are going to continue to instruct the intelligent people. I'm not slowing down the lesson plan for the idiots. Like, that's crazy. Would you want your schools to do that? Then I'm not sure why a writer's room has to do that either. Number six was MASH, a smash hit. I don't think you, it's hard to get bigger than that. Number five, All in the Family, which by the way, again, I played this coming back from break. Did I not? The All, uh, the all in the Family theme song there. If I could find it now, I don't think I, I can't see it right now. Um, but you know what's in that song, don't you? Girls were girls and men were men. Right? So how long has that argument been out there then? Where we can't tell who's who? Now, they meant the long hair thing, the long hair hippie thing. <laughs> Wake up Archie Bunker now and show him what's going on, though, right? I love Lucy, number four. Not surprised. I was kind of shocked it was not number one. Seinfeld, number three. This is egregious. I, 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 really, I really do think it's egregious, although number one is very, very solid. Seinfeld, again, that, somebody asked this question the other day on, on social media. What's better, Seinfeld or some new show that was just out and it was all, only out for like four years? I was like, dude, this isn't close. NBC ran around Jerry Seinfeld and again, broke the fourth wall there a little bit, occasionally, not a ton, but occasionally, and also just showed you life. NBC laughed them out of the room, by the way, he and Larry David, they asked him, well, what is it about? And Jerry said, it's really not about anything, dude. It's about living in New York. They said, not good enough. We, p- people like me, they need procedures. They need their hands held. They need this. And Jerry and Larry kept saying, no, they don't. This is old world thinking. You guys don't actually know what you're doing. You just think you do because you have the title. That doesn't mean you know it. That does, just because you have the job doesn't mean you're doing it well, right? Some of you are thinking that about me right now. I can. And like that's how that works, right? So just because Brandon Tartikoff was the head of NBC doesn't mean he was making the best decisions. Seinfeld number, you know, I saw it egregious. That's all right. That's as long as it's in the top five, it's probably appropriately placed. Cheers number two ran forever. It was literally must see TV. That's what they called it. Um, and yes, the, the push and pull of Sam and Diane and then Sam and Rebecca, right? Was, was, was the replacement later? That push and pull there has literally been copied and stolen by every sitcom that came after it. Number one, best sitcom ever. And I don't think I'm not sure this is this is not right. I'm pretty sure the Simpsons. The Simpsons has been consistently good forever. My buddy Sean has watched the Simpsons since it came out whenever back in the day. He still to this day watches it. What he will tell you, I don't really, but what he will tell you is it's is it still as good as it was like in seasons 10 through 15? No. It is not as good as when they hit their stride and they were like 
killing it in every episode. But he will claim that TV has gotten so bad that it's still consistently the best comedy product put out by a network. He claims that. I don't know. I, I, I haven't watched it enough, but it's the societal impact of The Simpsons is, I mean, Jesus, just the predicting of events, um, the language, uh, some of the things we've stolen. From, again, you see it borrowed in a bunch of other stuff that came after it. Um, it blew the doors wide open back for primetime, um, you know, for, for primetime animation that was considered to be crazy and only kids like cartoons and things like that. Um, it, it blew the doors wide open for that. It's been massively influential. And routinely still pretty good from what I understand. I am not shocked at all to find out the Simpsons were ranked number one. I was, however, shocked. And aren't you a little that Family Guy didn't get listed in the top 20? I was kind of shocked by that. I really thought Family Guy would crack the top 20, but they didn't. But the entire list is available for you at Sands Ray Show on Facebook. Go grab it right there. By the way, I'll tell you what the 100th show was. We'll do that to close out the program, and a bunch of you are going to disagree with Rolling Stone. We'll do it next. 6 9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Christopher says, the only reason I hate that rubber chicken sound is that when I hear the actual songs the rest of the day, I can't unhear the chicken. I know. That's why I do it. That's why I do it. We were running down Rolling Stone's top 100 sitcoms all time. Look, and it's subjective, right? We all got opinions. So does the person who wrote this for Rolling Stone, right? And uh, people told me not liking The Office is fighting words. I understand people do feel that way. It is a very, people treasure that show. They do. I don't think it sucks. It's not like I'm like, this is piss poor. That's not what it is. But I, but again, overrated. And I always remind people when I use that word because I'm not the internet. And the internet thinks overrated equals sucks. I don't look at it that way. I look at it, well, because words matter, that overrated means you're good, not as good as I've been told. That's kind of where I have the office. A guy here, as a matter of fact, he was on the, the show with me last week, pre-draft Josh, who works at Sony 1017. He said he feels like why I may feel like that is because it's become the big Netflix thing that people kind of leave on. And I know it's maybe just recently left Netflix, but you take his point that it's become your streaming wallpaper, essentially. Okay. I was kind of out long before that. But I think he might be right about that, about why it's constantly talked about, why it's so good, and my, you know, it's top of mind and all that. People want to know if Kings and Queens, uh, Kings of Queens, rather, uh, King of Queens, Jesus, uh, was on the list. I, I here's the thing: it's 100 long. I did not go through the top 100, all of it. I didn't. I went through the top 25 just as a just as a reader and as a broadcaster. I felt like, dude, 100 is going to be a little long here, right? Like, let, let, let's not get carried away with there. Uh, Dwayne reminding me that Moonlighting back in the day would also break the fourth wall yeah they would do that a little bit there were shows that did it larry sanders made it its thing the larry sanders show and again if you like i don't know if younger people will get gary shandling though like i don't know if you'll get it like i i he was he's a little too on the nose as i actually touch my nose while saying that weird um but i don't know if people but for Growing up then and wanting to be in entertainment, that show was fantastic. Larry Sanders was really good. Um, 
Yes, Aubrey says, Parks and Rec mops the floor with The Office. I agree. I think Parks and Rec is that much better. I think Community is better than The Office. I really do. Um, number 100 on the list. I did, I did go all the way back, and I think a lot of you are going to be upset about this. And I'm not going to say the name of the show because once upon a time a broadcaster did and it got him in trouble. And of course it would is S Creek from Netflix. Like that people love this show and it gets talked about like it's the best thing since sliced bread. I watched three episodes when it came out and I didn't get it. I got to be honest with you. I was like, I love Eugene Levy. Love him. Since well before American Pie, by the way, people forget Eugene Levy was part of, you know, SCTV. He was part of, you know, National Lampoon back in the day. Eugene Levy's been out there forever. I mean, forever. A brilliant director, a really good producer. Eugene Levy's brought us so much great entertainment. I'm a huge fan, all in. And yet I watched that show and I was like, I, the wife, is, is it Catherine O'Hara plays his wife? She's fantastic. I love her and stuff. So you got two people I absolutely love. And I turned it on and I was like, maybe I got to give it another shot. People are like, dude, you sometimes are in a bad mood, watch stuff, and then think you don't like it. Okay, fair. I That show left me absolutely flat. S Creek, it left me absolutely flat. Maybe I'll give it another shot. I feel like I need to do this with Letter Kenny too. People swear to me that I was like, yeah, I watched it. There were a couple of laughs. I get it. All right. Yeah, they're wearing overalls and they're hillbillies. It's supposed, that's supposed to be enough for me. Okay. It's not really, but okay. I mean, I just, I don't get it. Like, I, I don't get it. Now, maybe I got to go back and watch it again. S Creek, I think I probably would enjoy. The first season of Letterkenny was all right. It just wears out really fast. Shows like that wear out really fast. It's like, I know the gimmick. I, all right, they drink beer and they think everybody else is dumb, even though they're dumb. Got it. <laughs> right? Like, that's, I, once I see the gimmick, I'm like, eh, I kind of know what the gimmick is, right? I, I don't necessarily get that one. I was surprised S Creek wasn't ranked a little higher than that because of how much it gets talked about. Teresa, we'll rock the bank with you guys 10 a.m. this morning. That's when you get your third keyword of the day that will put $1,000 in your pocket. Tomorrow and Friday on this program, I have tickets for the Concert for Legends. Chad Carlisle won his way in this morning from Alliance. You have your opportunity tomorrow. Miss anything from this morning's show, including the top 100 best sitcoms all time, according to Rolling Stone, or maybe Jordan Miller, local journalist on the program. Maybe you missed that. Pick up the makeup session via the podcast shortly at WRQK.com. Other than that, I'm done for the day. Not back live until tomorrow. Y'all stay safe out there. Be good to one another. Meet me back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. for Thursday's program on Rock 106.9. I hope you have a decent afternoon, and I hope I get a chance to see you guys around.